live from BetQL. Are you ready to take your NFL experience to the next level? We got the must-have tool for the 2023 season, the BetQL NFL betting preview. Unlock a world of sportsbook offers that are going to have you playing smarter, not harder. Over 10,000 in-depth game-by-game simulations right at your fingertips. You're going to be equipped with unparalleled insights and make informed bets, and you could be a season better. You might be just getting started. It doesn't matter. We're going to take care of everybody in every single situation. This is the guide. It's your ticket to maximizing success in the world of NFL betting. Don't miss out and just grab your copy. It's very simple. Sign up for a premium subscription of BetQL, and you get ready to conquer the odds. That's what we do. We conquer the odds, and we make the sportsbook cry, Denton. That's what we do. Make them cry, damn it. I'm crying happy tears right now. My guy Sam Howell looks pretty damn good out there. I feel I feel excited. I feel positive about the season. Six of seven, 64 yards in the first quarter. Washington down 7-3, though. Defense giving up a 26-yard touchdown to Zay Flowers. Hey, slinging Sammy Howe. I'm going to be so upset if his next throw to throw is an interception as we're hyping him up here. But he, he does look good, and, and that's a positive sign for Washington. It's just nice to be uh, – to be doing this show with you watching football, Nick. I mean, that's a luxury that I've yep. never had. So th- this is new. I'm enjoying it. Um, and you and I are both uh, at some point getting into the sweat chamber. So I'm excited for that process yep. as well. We'll do it together. Uh, live lines right now on this game. The total for the full game is 39.5. Baltimore's still a one-and-a-half point favorite. For the first half, Baltimore's also minus one-and-a-half. First half totals jumped up now to 22-and-a-half. Minus 125 to the over. So you're looking at even money for the money line for Washington for the game, plus 130 for the first half. I mean, it's still a close game here. Uh, it shows you, though, we're, the, that, that total's been bumping up just a little, little bit higher here right now. So, uh, I mean, I, the thing here, and, like, we remember this. Look, we certainly saw this up close last year with Taylor Heineke as the quarterback for the last couple of years in Washington. Whenever he was out there, like, you kind of knew what you were going to get. But at the same time, one of the negatives that you were going to get was struggling to score 20 points. Like, they couldn't finish drives. And you can have young quarterbacks that can do a lot. Like, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta may be great from 20-yard to 20-yard line. But what is he like inside the red zone? They're going to obviously be going to a lot of their running backs if they can. But you still have to be able to throw the football. So are the Falcons going to be able to finish drives? And are they going to be able to play from behind? Is Desmond Ritter going to be able to go out there sometimes when you're down 10 points entering the fourth quarter and lead the team back because you're throwing the football more. That's something Sam Howell's going to have to do for this team and any other young quarterback in the NFL with any sort of expectations. Jordan Love, you can't just be a game manager. You're going to have to go out there in times when your team is down and be able to bring them back just with your arm alone. Yeah, go win a game. And that's exciting. Like I, I love watching young quarterbacks kind of put that together and we've seen him do it you know Burrow kind of already had it a little bit when he came in because of the LSU run but you saw to an extent Patrick Mahomes learned to do it we've seen Kirk Cousins learn yeah. to do it we've seen Dak Prescott learn to do it it is fun watching young quarterbacks you know really make that connection and then once you got it like you got it you, it's not something you lose once you have that ability all right let's bring on executive producer Scott Lind so we can play a little game on a Monday Scotty Game show music, good. Get us warmed up for the regular season. I like it. And on a Monday. Denton, you're the returning champion, and you're also our guest this evening, so you, my friend, will go first. Oh, Change my right, mind. Denton, it's your time. Time to vomit on the microphone. Change my mind. Justin Jefferson wins the triple crown at wide receiver. At that MGM, you can find him at plus 550 for most yards. 
12 to 1 for most touchdowns as I look off and check my script, and 6 to 1 as most catches. He's the favorite. Denton, change my mind. Mr. Jefferson will win the Triple Crown. I will absolutely change your mind because Justin Jefferson is not going to lead the NFL in receptions. He might lead in yards, he might lead in touchdowns, but he will not lead in receptions. There's too many other talented wide receivers, Scott, across the NFL that are going to get the ball. I look at a guy like Stefan Diggs. He was mad this offseason. How do you keep him happy? You give him the football. They say winning cures all. That's not true because Buffalo wins a lot and he's still mad. You cure him by giving him the football. I like I like um, I like Stefan Diggs to, to take the crown, if you will, in receptions. So no, Justin Jefferson is not going to win a triple crown. I mean, if there was anybody to do it, Justin Jefferson certainly feels like a great option. I'm going to go the other way here, and I'm going to say yes, damn it, because what's going to happen for the Vikings is that they're going to be down every single game with that horrible defense. They won 13 games last year, and they were the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL. Justin Jefferson, 128 catches last year, 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns. The touchdowns, a little bit lower. He's going to have to get more in the end zone even more, but you know what they've got? you got Jordan Addison on the other side of the field that can at least take some level, some level of attention away from Justin Jefferson. Not a lot because he's the best receiver in the NFL, but it's just a little bit to give him that edge with the fact that the Vikings will probably be playing from behind, right? Talk about quarterbacks. Got to lead your team from behind. Well, we saw it with the Vikings last year multiple times. In fact, they had the greatest comeback in NFL history last season. They're going to have to do that same type of thing again this year, and it's going to be because of Justin Jefferson. So, yes, you know what? I'm in. Justin Jefferson, triple crown this year. Let's go, Scott. I'm in. Let's go. Change my mind. The L.A. Rams will make the playoffs, depending on where you shop. Plus 310, yes. Minus 380, no. Give or take. Rams to make the playoffs. Nick, change my mind. They will make the playoffs. Oh, you know how I feel about this team. People are writing the Rams off. If they were in the AFC, I'd say no way. Uh Uh-uh, not happening. The AFC's loaded. Too many good teams, no. But the NFC has about three playoff spots that are up for grabs, right? Expect, as long as teams stay healthy, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, and Lions to make the playoffs. Well, after that, I mean, is it going to be the Saints? Is it going to be the Packers? Is it going to be, are the Bears getting thrown into the mix? You got Seattle. Okay, why not throw the Rams in as the last playoff spot at plus 310? That's a solid price for a team that won five games last year that was better than a five-win team. Now, Matt Stafford has to stay healthy, but Sean McVay is not going to just come back to a team that he thinks will win six games, right? Guy's got it too good. Could have gotten a seven-figure contract, go do TV, got a beautiful wife, starting a family, could do all those things, doesn't have to get up at 4 a.m. every single day because that sucks. Nobody wants to do that. So if Sean McVay sees something and there's a reason why he came back for this team, I'm buying into that and a team that just won the Super Bowl before they ended up shutting everybody down and dealt with a ton of injuries last year. It's probably a seven seed for them. It's probably the very tail end of the wild card spots. But give me at plus 310 the Rams to make the playoffs. You know, Scott, a couple years ago, the Rams, they, they implemented the F them pick strategy. We're going to win in the Super Bowl, and it worked. Well, now the ramifications are they're saying F them playoffs because they are not getting in there. I know the NFC is weak, and everything Nick said about Sean McVay coming back is true. Maybe this is his last year there, but I, I just don't believe that they're going to stay healthy enough and if one injury to the wrong guy 
number nine happens again. They don't really have anybody there that I think can lift them to the playoffs as bad as the NFC is. So I am not buying in on the Rams to make the postseason. All right, boys, let's talk top seeds. The Eagles right now at plus 325 at BetMGM to be the number one seed in the NFC. And the Chiefs favorite at plus 300 at BetMGM to be the number one seed in the AFC. Take them both. They'll both be your top seeds. Denton, change my mind. I will change your mind and say, no, that is not going to be the case because San Francisco is going to be the top seed in the NFC for seven weeks last year. People would not shut up about wanting Brock Purdy to fall on his face. And for seven weeks, he did not do it. It took a weird, fluky kind of injury that you never see happen in the NFL to finally put that guy on the shelf. I'm a huge believer in Brock Purdy. I love the roster that Philadelphia, that excuse me, San Francisco is built on both offense and defense. And watch out this year, Scott, for Brandon Ayuk. Everybody's going to focus on Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk is going for 1,200 yards this year. San Francisco will be the number one seed in the NFC. Nick? I also would say no, but it might be the other way around because I'm not convinced that Kansas City cares about necessarily getting the one seed. I mean, yes, they'd be the only team that has the bye, but for them, it's just about the playoffs, right? If they have to make a sacrifice late in the year where you want to get guys just a little bit rested up for the playoffs, that could be a team having been in that position so many times that they maybe just say, you know what? Let's find ourselves and focus on the playoffs. And it ends up being something like the Jags because it matters so much to them or the Bills. The Bills end up having the one seed because it's just something that they desperately want to have that one seed. So, I mean, Kansas City won 14 games last year. But let's say Buffalo wins 14, Cincinnati wins 13, and Kansas City wins 13, and Cincinnati wins the tiebreaker. Like, it really could come down to one game in that sense. The AFC is so stacked. I think Kansas City is still the best team in the conference, but that doesn't mean they're going to end up being the one seed. All right, one more. Change my mind, and for this, there's a whole bunch of graphics in your rundown. Change my mind on a Monday. Derrick Henry is washed. A lot of guys get to this age, and then the cliff, a la, I'll date myself, Roadrunner and Wiley E. Coyote, or something like that. And you just see it. You see it. Uh, Thank God Mr. Spears looked really, really good for the Titans this weekend because that may be the next generation right now for the Titans. Changed my mind. Derrick Henry's washed. Nick, start with you. You know, washed may not be it totally, but I would say past his prime and over that hill uh, to the point where he's running for 900 yards in a season, right? The guy did run for 1,500 yards, but what scares me is the fact that the Titans were trying to trade him this offseason. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you that they see something, and they know that that cliff comes very, very quickly for running backs. Derrick Henry will no longer be the same running back that we've seen before. Even as big and strong and physical as he is, those hits, that wear and tear, coupled with age, it just makes it that much more difficult for a running back to continue to have the production that he's had. I'm not willing to write this guy off. I'm not willing to sit here and say that he's totally done and he's going to play in seven games and get three and a half yards of carry. Like, we're not to that point. He's also just too big. Like, he's just going to run over people still. But I can see them now sort of easing him out of that role just a little bit at this point. So I won't go washed. I'll go uh, washed-ish. How about that? 
Washed is relative, but Scott, I'm going to agree with you. I've called Derrick Henry an android for years, but what's the one thing that machine and man have in common? When they get old, they break down. I think Derrick Henry is in for what we would consider a washed kind of performance this year. I, like, I just think of what he's been able to do his entire career, and you go... Like, it's still more than most running backs, just given the fact that he's just so oh, damn yeah. big. But that cat, we saw it with Cam Newton, and it's kind of a similar running style, right? I mean, he's built like a defensive end, just like Cam Newton. At some point, that catches up on you, and that would be my biggest concern, is that you just start to see it and go, oh, this happened really, really fast. All right, we look back and uh, kind of check in on this preseason game with the Commanders and Ravens next. Bet MGM the night.